0: Today on Com Talk, we're talking about D&D, the Satanic Panic of the 80s, and if Christians should play RPGs like D&D. Okay, what is happening here?
1: Where are we?
0: Glix, give us a situation report.
1: Currently, we are on the planet Geekery. Be warned, our impossibility drive may cause distortions okay. as we traverse this land. Impending impossibility engaging in three,
0: oh two, oh dear. one. Two. Hello and welcome to episode 88 of Calm Talk, the podcast extension of Geek Devotions, a show from devoted geeks who are devoted to letting you know that you are loved. I am Dallas and with me is...
2: Celeste! And today we are talking about... Guys!
0: Away. Guys! Guys! Landing in the I heard
1: that you were talking about D&D and I could not in any good conscience let you do that without me being here to wow. talk about some D&D.
0: Glicks, you can shut that off, <laughs> John, welcome aboard. Uh, where's Steve? Uh, Steve was a bad boy. And
1: <laughs> in uh, episode two, he did not do his homework. Oh, no. Uh, so I have sent him to his room.
0: Uh, <laughs> he is sitting in the car. He has to think about what he hasn't done.
2: He has a room in the did.
0: car? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's an away shuttle, so I'm mean, space.
2: I mean, are we talking like tiny bus here?
0: He's got a he's got a bunk. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, I'm not
1: I'm not cheap. I pay my employees. <laughs> he, could, with board.
2: he could go hang out in the Godzilla room with the taco machine. Oh,
1: but if he's in trouble, I heard uh, about this taco machine. I
2: well, have we not know,
1: tried forget the taco forget machine forget. Yet? forget yeah, Kaiju wants taco. Harju wants taco.
2: <laughs> I'm going to get a shirt that says that now.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, John. We're, let's, let's talk about something interesting that's kind of in your wheelhouse. And then afterwards, we'll go we'll go check out the taco machine. How's that sound? Dude, I'm always down for tacos. All right. Let's do this thing then. Uh, like we said in our intro, we're talking about a particular subject that you're really, really into, which is uh and d Dungeons and Dragons. And... Uh, now, John, you're coming from a very particular point of view, and that is that as a follower Christian, uh, I mean follower of Jesus, you're cool with D and D, right? Very cool with D and D. So
1: I'm I'm, I'm actually a, a very outspoken advocate for D and D on on many levels, uh, um, me- as far as like uh, mental health as well as D and D. Wow,
0: that's fascinating. We, could, we
1: we could call this. And we could almost call this episode an away shuttle for victims and villains if we really wanted to.
0: We could. We'll have to talk to, to Josh about that. <laughs> so, well, since, um, again, you, you have been involved with D&D for a long time, so I thought maybe we can start off by talking about kind of our personal experiences with D&D. Okay. And then we'll move forward into the conversation of whether or not this is actually a good thing. And I think that people are probably guessing that we're okay with D and D and we're going to get into why, but let's talk about how we got into it and what, what we're involved with. So John, I'm gonna start with you, buddy. Uh, what is your experience with D and D? How did you get involved with D and D and all that good stuff? Uh, funny enough. Uh, you know, I, I
1: a lot of people assume because I DM that I've been into D and D for such a long time. Uh, not so much uh, is the case for me. Um I, I actually uh, was raised in a family where D and D was bad. Actually, oh, wow. no, it was it was it wasn't bad. It was it was weird. I, I remember I remember back in the back in the late eighties, early nineties, my mom had asked me. She, I don't think she quite knew what D and D was, but she asked me if I ever played a D and D video game because I was super into video game the NES at the time. Right. I'm like, I, I don't think so. I don't remember anything. She's like, <laughs> okay. Like why? It's like, oh, well, I've I've just heard that it's bad, and that was kind of, that was kind of the only reference to D and D I ever had. Oh, really? Really? Up until I was about a, I want to say a junior in high school, maybe mm. a senior. I think it was a junior. And the guy who played bass in the band I was in when I was in high school was like super into, uh, a D which, uh, some people would call second edition or whatever. Uh, but it, it was advanced dungeons and dragons. It was back when D was still owned by TSR oh, okay. and, uh, and still had Thacko and other kinds of gross things that have been taken out by fifth edition, which is what we play now. Um, uh, <laughs> And I was like, well, was I heard d d is bad. And they're like, no. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I I played one or two sessions in that. And that kind of faded away. Wasn't super interested in it at the time. Because at that time, I'd, I was going to be a big rock star. I wanted to be like Kurt Cobain. Um, <laughs> we are
2: so glad that you are currently not like Kurt Cobain.
1: Well, no. Otherwise, uh, I would have painted a room with my head. Well, like a dark. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to my sense of humor, everybody. <laughs> um, and probably about five years ago, um, tabletop RPGs kind of came back in the picture for me. Um, the band I was in, my last band, I was in with Eric Campagno, who is also a uh, voice actor for uh, Supersonic Pod Comics. Uh, we were out doing some, uh, road shows over in the Seattle area. And, uh, at the time my dad was living in that area. So we were just kind of all crashing at his house while we were doing these shows over in, um, Everett and all the places over there. And, uh, we were kind of bored one day and Eric's like, well, I've got, uh, I've got my Titans grave stuff. And I'm like, what's Titans grave? It's, it's kind of like D and D except it, you use 3d six rather than, uh, hmm. rather than d 20 is. I'm like, yeah, I don't understand anything you just said. <laughs> hey, let's do that. And so we spent the next, and that kind of kicked off a, uh, a band wide plus our bassist's wife. Cause she was super into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, game of titan's grave and i'm like this is a lot of fun and then they're like let's switch campaigns over to D and all of a sudden my satanic panic alarm started going off in my head i'm like but i heard say i heard it that d and then by this time i was actually by this time i was actually like super committed as being a christian so i'm right. like I, I, i've heard things guys and they're like dude don't be dumb and so <laughs> <laughs> we had a. Uh, We rolled up characters and started playing. I'm like, yeah, that was kind of dumb. So for probably about five years, I've been playing D and D, and probably only within the last three, maybe two, I've I've been a dungeon master. Right,
0: and you've been playing RPGs as a whole for what? What? Uh, About five years. About five years
1: RPGs (laughs) as a whole. Uh, Oh, if you want to count video games, then uh, that goes back to. I mean. I've been playing childhood. RPG. Games, yeah, <laughs> since childhood. I mean, I I remember when Earthbound first launched on the SNES, and I right. was I was playing that. So I mean,
0: because I feel like RPGs as a whole, even in the video game format, they kind of play into the conversation of D and D. I feel like a lot of D and D inspired many of our RPGs that we have. Uh, well, yeah. So, if,
1: if if there was if there never was D, I mean D and D goes all the way back to 1976. Mm-hmm. So, um, like anything I geek out about, I kind of buried myself into the if, ands, what's and history and mm-hmm. what about, it? And because I, I, th- I think a lot of people fear what they don't understand. And, a, 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 uh, Christian author I managed, I was able to meet one time named David Hart, uh, I I saw him do a talk, and I have one of his books about uh, about music, secular music, and the church's approach to it. Hmm. And he said, and he said, and he said, a lot of times, you know, the church will hear something, or someone in the church will hear something or think something, and they'll just tell people this is bad, and nobody Hmm. applies critical thinking to it, and so that goes throughout the whole church, Hmm. and. And people will think something's bad without ever understanding why, or or understanding is this something that's anti-God, or is this just something that somebody somewhere had a conviction about, or is it all just bunk entirely? Yeah. Um, and, and a case in point, if you want to bring music into the conversation, uh, how many people have been told by somebody who is, quote, a very mature Christian, that ACDC stood for Antichrist, Devil Children? Or that Kiss was an acronym for Knights in Satan's Service, or Kings in Satan's Service, or Kids in Satan's Service, or whichever version of the of the urban legend that mm-hmm. you may have been that you may have been told. Right. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of hearsay that goes to the church, and uh, a lot of stances people take on anecdotal evidence and it's mm-hmm. just like i i have more respect for people who've actually who will actually sit down and give me a concise reason of why they think what they think rather than somebody just said oh it's bad because someone told me to right.
0: told me so so, as, so a, as a believer you sat down and you were like hey i need to look into this thing and you you really dug into and even after digging into it you come to this mindset of hey it's it's okay for me to play dnd i uh,
1: i've come to the ki- mindset of Hey, not only is it okay to play D and D, but it would, it's actually beneficial for certain people. Hmm. Um, especially with people who are like me, who have really bad anxiety issues, right. or, or, uh, some people who have really uh, have a hard time with social, who have social adjustment problems or things like that. And actually a lot of I know I'm just kind of shotgunning you with a bunch of facts, <laughs> right? but, but there's um, there's a lot of uh, behavioral therapists who you utilize Dungeons and Dragons
3: really? uh, for
1: for people with. Uh, certain social adjustment problems or anxiety issues or depression issues, because um, it allows them to get them outside of their own headspace and really think through social situations and and adjust and
0: and do it in a safe space. That's really cool. That's really cool. I want to get more into that on the on the second half of this because again, that um, I really want to dive into the conversation about like, you know, what is D&D? Why, why are people kind of scared of it? And maybe some of the facts of it. And I'm really excited about having you here because you yourself, um, now we, we've been friends for, I feel like we've only, how long have we been friends, John? I feel like barely just six months, but I feel like I've known you, you so you well. You and me,
1: Dallas? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say probably about six months. Yeah. I, okay. I've known your wife longer. Yeah. Just a little bit. And then I, I've been, I've been uh, extending my man crush towards <laughs> you through your wife for <laughs> some time trying to desperately involve and intertwine myself into your guys' lives. I
0: mean, we're I okay with one this. Of you. <laughs> well, again, I'm excited about having – because coming to know you, I, I know that you are a man who, who thinks through things. And you've already shown it already very well that you think through things. You, you're not just like a blind, I'm going to do this. Like yeah. you really think things through. So I'm excited about having you here.
2: And if you would like an example, listener – of how John does think through things, you should check out an article on our website that he wrote for us mm. about Christian music versus Christians who are in a band.
0: Yeah, which was a great article. You find that at geekdevotions.com. Dot com. So, Celeste, how about you? What, how did you and I get involved with some RPG D- D&D stuff?
2: Um, I've kind of known about D&D-ish for a while. I had some people who were part of the whole panic, this is bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in my childhood, but mm-hmm. my dad, as most of the listeners know, is uh, super geek. Mm-hmm. And so he <laughs> he used to play. And so he would tell me these stories about when he played. And he doesn't anymore because he just doesn't have the time. Mm-hmm. But he he would tell me stories about the campaign and about different things that would happen. And it was always a in a good thing. Mm-hmm. And he's been a Christian faithfully following God for several years mm-hmm. uh, previous to this. So it was always kind of a thing, but then we had a friend who wanted to start a campaign. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, well, we've never played. We don't know what to do. And he was like, it's okay, we'll teach you. (laughs) Um, And so they taught us, and we didn't play with them for, we played for what, maybe a year?
0: A little over a year.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just got to be too much Mm time-wise for us. So we we bounced out about that, and then probably about six months after that, six or seven months, John contacted me about uh, about playing with them, and was like, "Uh, maybe."
0: Right. <laughs> and for context, we keep we kind of reference it when we we'll actually sit. John runs a game called "Playing Games with Strangers." Yes. And it's a uh, it's one of the I would say one of the best uh, game playing podcasts out there. Oh, oh, now you're just lying to your public. <laughs> no,
2: he, he doesn't listen to any other actual play.
0: <laughs> I've listened yes. to a couple, and I really got, enjoy y'all's a lot more. And um, But you guys are um, – where can you find it, John? It's like on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Uh, anywhere good
1: podcasts are sold or whatever right. you want to call it. And, and we also have a
0: website, playing games strangers. Com. Buy you stuff. Have, you guys have some cool merch there too. Yes. But um, but yeah. So that's what Celeste is refer- referring to. Is that um, it's the game that John runs. Yeah. Um, and what campaign are you running, John? Or is it, this isn't a homebrew?
1: No, this is homebrew. Oh, it is homebrew. Uh, it, it, yeah, this is this is this is coming outside of my deranged mind. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Playing games with strangers is brought to you by the mind of John. How are you
0: right? <laughs> so, all right, cool, dig it. Well, just for context, for me playing with RPGs and, and whatnot, I've I've been interested in a a lot of games over the years. I've played RPGs online, not online, but on uh, on video games for years. Chrome Trigger and Final Fantasy, all those other ones.
2: Does Donkey Kong count as an RPG?
0: Uh, no. Okay. go on. Come on. And so, but as far as D and D itself, um, I never really got into it. I had friends who talked about, it. we never had, I never had the opportunity to play with them. I I, Like John, I am kind of the person, like, if I get into something, I'm going to get into it. I'm going to look into the background and everything. Celeste is shaking her head way too hard at me right now.
2: You do. I can confirm. (laughs)
0: Like, I remember, and I'm also one of those people who, if you come to me, you're like, hey, this is wrong, this is evil, you should stop it. This is legitimately anti-biblical. If I don't know for, like, 100%, I go, well, let me make sure. Because I don't want to be in error. I don't want to be doing something that's just, like... Oh, yeah, this is a terrible thing, you know, on accident. I remember um, for a long time I had long hair. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about I had hair almost to my waist. And I had somebody go, well, you know, the Bible itself says it's an abomination for men to have long hair. And I'm like, I've never read that before. And so I opened my Bible and I looked into it and it said that, yes, it does say that. But then I read the context mm-hmm. of that passage. And I realized in context, it's not saying that it's, it's inappropriate for men to have long hair, what it's saying is that men should not look like women and sell themselves out yeah. <laughs> at, for prostitution not. reasons. Exactly. You do not. <laughs> and so, But I am one of those ones like, I was willing to cut my hair right there and then. If that was legitimately what the Word of God says, yeah. and I'm convicted by it, I'm, I'm going to cut my hair right away. Um, but like John, I kind of look into things. I like, go, okay, this is what's actually here. And I've had to deal with a few things over the years. Um, John kind of hit on this. There is a, um, a stigma about the church where something pops up and everyone freaks out about it and we take yeah. things out of context or we believe every little thing that comes out. I remember uh, Pokemon years yeah. ago, people were freaking out about how it was evil. And I think the only evil thing was how people were fighting over them. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, um,
2: even ghastly is cute.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, but people started there, there are all these crazy stories about the evil of Pokemon and everything yeah. like that. And, There's one I remember I was talking with an individual a while back and they're like, well, I read an article that said that um, the creator himself said that he created Pokemon as a slight against his Christian parents and to purposely push evolution. And I was like, I've never heard that before. So we did some digging, did some research. and Sure enough, there is an article out there that says that very thing, but it's a fake article. It's something that somebody created just to whip up people in a frenzy. Um, when you find the actual interviews, that never happened. That was never said. He created Pokemon because he was a lonely kid that didn't have friends. And yeah. collecting bugs was his thing. That's how he created Pokemon.
2: He was literally <laughs> the bug catcher in the first.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was him. So I, I'm, I'm kind of accustomed to going, okay, let me look back into this. And so um, Flash Forward, Celeste mentioned we have friends who were like, hey, we want to play. I did a little bit of looking into it. Um, I'm not a huge fantasy person. Um, mostly because I, I I'm such an imaginative person. When I think about these people, I'm like, mm, these people all smell bad.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we don't think about that.
0: <laughs> so, but I'm thinking about these things. Um, uh, but I, I did some digging into it and um our friends of our Geeks Under Grace have a fantastic article that talks about yeah, uh D and D and Christians and how what how they should interact and what should they react with it, and I did some other stuff, and so I, I myself went i don't have a problem with this yeah i can i am mature enough to separate fantasy from um fact mm-hmm. and so uh what i would like to do is we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're gonna talk more with john about some what is the satanic panic where'd it come from um and how um what DD is and is not and some of the, the benefits that john hinted at at the beginning of uh, of the show so see you guys right after the break Hey y'all.
1: My name is Keeper. I have been told that I'm something of a what they call a Q-type character in this uh, show called Playing Games with Strangers. Now I don't know how I feel about that, uh, given the implications of who this Q is on this bangled uh, uh, Star Trek or whatever it's called. But anyway. Uh, I recommend heading on over to playing games with strangers and listening to an episode or two and possibly uh, letting them know that no, he's not cute. He is a uh, benevolent, uh, all knowing creature who just happened to put somebody in the wrong timeline. Anyway, I'll see y'all then. Thanks for listening.
0: Right, and we are back. As you guys heard, that was an advertisement for playing games with strangers, which you guys can check out um, pretty soon on a weekly basis. Isn't that right, John? He, mm, yeah. for, for, for listener purposes, for,
1: for, what am words? Let's try that again. Uh, for listeners purposes, yes, it'll be uh, 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 on a weekly basis That's soon awesome. after, the,
0: after the finale of ARC one
2: we're still awesome. a little, we're still a little, like a few months out from that
0: right okay cool so i want to encourage you guys please to go check it out again it's a lot of fun um and and john's a very humble individual it's a great game it's a great story that he's telling we the, the characters are fantastic
2: we have a lot of fun we have a lot of talented people who right. have fun with it
0: yeah so with that just before we go on to the whole serious stuff what is one of the funnest things that take place in y'all's game ooh. for you guys as individuals ooh,
2: ooh, pick me pick me okay my favorite thing, and I have to admit, I told this story to my dad and he leaned over laughing. You know how he does when he's yep. like really tickled, he'll just lean over and he's laughing. <laughs> like You're like, what are you doing? Um, I play a halfling in a halfling bard in the game mm-hmm. and I was pretty new at it. This was like maybe my first or second time out. And so I was like, I have spells. I'm going to cast my spells. And so I cast speak with plants to find something out. And the plants (laughs) sounded like Cheech and Chong, (laughs) which was funny in and of (laughs) itself.
3: I remember that. (laughs) That was
2: funny in and of itself. But then it occurred to everybody that I am much shorter than everyone else. And so one of the other character goes, "Oh, you must not be able to see all of, with all of this tall grass," and goes to like mow down <laughs> the grass. And they're still sentient; like the spell hadn't worn off. And so I was like, "Do I hear them? Are they still sentient?" And John was like, "Yes." <laughs> you, hear,
1: you hear nonstop blood
0: curdling screams and end of life noises. Yep,
3: it to was. be fair,
0: that's what that's what is happening when you smell grass after it's been cut; it's dying. In let's, pain.
3: <laughs> let's
2: let's not talk about.
0: <laughs>
2: but it was just funny to me because I hadn't thought about how long that spell was going to last, mm-hmm. and then somebody's like, "Oh, let me cut the grass." Like, oh, no, <laughs> this is not Zelda. Do not cut the grass. There are no rupees.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, that is definitely an interesting thing about the Is like you don't think about how. Like everything you do has an effect around you. And depending on how good your DM is, um, or your game master is, it depends on on how far they go with it. So (laughs) and so John, how about you, man? What's been the funnest part about playing games with strangers for you?
1: (laughs) That's not spoilery. Playing games with strangers?
0: Uh let's do Uh, both. Playing games with strangers and then just period. Like your favorite uh, your favorite moment.
1: Um,
0: well well
1: gosh. The problem is I know more about what's going on with playing games with strangers than the people who are playing it do. (laughs) Um, uh, Just in general moment, probably about one of the funnest situation, funnest situations I was a part of um, was for those of you who listen to the show, you know that I have a separate campaign that I'm a part of that isn't a part of the show. uh, That is a, I, we go back and forth with, uh, and sometimes we're playing in, uh, Eric's campaign Mm -hmm. from, uh, from, uh, supersonic fame. And, uh, he was running the curse of Strahd module, um, for the first part of his campaign. And I was playing a, uh, I was playing a paladin from the real world. Uh, he was, he had gotten sucked into the, uh, forgotten realms, which is the, one of the universes you can play in in Dungeons and Dragons, but he was a uh, paladin. He was, we, we set him up as a paladin, a Christian paladin.
3: Hmm.
1: And uh, we were at Strahd's castle and we were trying to find a, a back way in, and the castle is backed up against this uh, cliff that hangs over like th- a, a thousands of foot drop down. And we basically had uh, rigged a zip line around to the backside. I said, "Okay, I'm going to jump on the zip line. I'm going to use I'm going to use my my uh, great axe handle over the zip line, and I just kept bombing my rolls. Just (laughs) oh. And and Eric's like Eric is desperately trying to keep my character alive. He's like, uh <laughs> I'm like, here I go. Goodbye,
3: everybody. <laughs> and
1: Eric's like, uh, roll to do this and reach up and grab it. And I blow like roll a three. I'm like, see ya, I'm gonna I'm gonna die now. And through a bunch of finagling and I think that's when it when the fun of D D gets together is in those panic moments where it's just like everybody has to think on their toes. Right. Uh through a bunch. Of panic-induced moments and 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 me not hanging on to my character so tight, where I'm going to have a bad attitude about it, and I'm just playing into it. I'm just playing into the whole situation and like trying to have fun, despite the fact that my character is probably going to fall to a grisly death. (laughs) Um, uh, We we managed to pull it out, but I mean, there there was a lot of Deus Ex Machina (laughs) to make that happen. but uh, yeah, we were able to pull that out. So that that's, that stands out in my mind as one of the most fun situations I've been in as a player. Um, as a DM, it's really hard for me to think of specific th- specific fun things to a uh, specific fun thing for me. Um, because uh, when you're when you're DMing, you're you're, you're basically trying to your unwritten social contract to the rest of the people in the group is my role is to make sure everybody else here is having fun. Right. And by that process, you have fun as a DM cause you get to watch people play around in your little sandbox that you've created for them to play in. <laughs> um, so I'm having most fun as a DM at, when, and, and, and it's funny because it's not this, it's not the situation's, where everything's getting goofy and everyone's laughing at the table but the most fun i'm having is when things get serious at the table Mm. and and the people who are playing are so engrossed with the story when they're doing their rp that they're having an emotional moment in this fiction that you've created yeah uh, and you and you can tell that they're being affected by your story, and I think that's one of the one of my favorite moments is being a DM. And I, I don't I can't say specific things because um, I don't I don't want to spoil what's coming up in right. playing games with strangers. But just uh, probably about the last half of episode 15 oh, when yeah. that comes out. Oh
3: yeah. Just
1: watching everybody have these realizations about what's going on and watching this narrative come to the, come to close. And there's a particular, there is a particular, um, plot twist I do in the final, in the final battle of Mm. episode 15 where I did something as a DM that nobody expected. And you could literally hear everybody Who's at the table just gasp and they're like he's <laughs> he's not going to do that is he and sure enough I did and they're like oh no I think I
2: think that it wasn't so much the gasp it was just the intense heavy silence
1: mm-hmm. there was, like, it, it, it was it was it was a very palpable silence and those what. are the moments as a DM that you just live for because you know everybody at the table even even Eric who was a get who was a guest a guest player at the table and is a mondo veteran dnd player slash dm uh was just caught up in that heavy silence like oh you didn't go there did you <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i think that's like it, uh, that place like for those who don't realize john is a creative individual um uh, you you're a musician and I think that every person who's a creative individual, whether you create uh, stories, you create music, you create art, there is a sense of joy when you realize people have actually been—they've been enveloped by it. you've yeah. created an atmosphere where for them to experience something different than the what they are expecting to, as a whole. And so, I can totally get why that—that's a cool thing for you when you realize everyone at the table is like, "Wait a minute." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah well I, I mean it's always been my philosophy um you know either as a musician or a, or in writing or what or storytelling or whatever mm-hmm. it, it's always easy uh, it's always easy to make someone laugh
3: right yeah
1: um, but the the proof of really that you've put that you've honed your craft is making somebody feel something
0: mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm
1: and not only feel something but feel something they weren't expecting to feel. Oh that's good. And, and so that, that's something that I kind of drive towards every time I'm I'm playing D&D it's like, uh, is like you know because you're always going to have the fact of the matter is you're always going to have laughs when you're playing D, D&D because the players are always going to bring levity to your story. That's the reason why my arcs have a tendency to be heavy is because you know the people at the table are are either are or going to become friends in the, in the process and they're, they're going to bring the levity that they need for whatever situation to. And so I don't need to worry about myself and trying to make people laugh. I'll do it sometimes, Word. but really, but really, if I can make them feel something, if I can, if I can move them in any way, shape or form, then it's just like, yeah, I did. I did my role here. And, <laughs> and, 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 and if I do it right, they're going to be thinking about this until the next session.
0: Right? Absolutely. Well, let's get into, because you, you kind of ran into some of the stuff that I think plays into the next portion of the conversation, which was. Oh, nay, nay, sir. You, you haven't said your moment. Oh, my moment. I
1: heard, I heard something about killing a Medusa.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the DM was so
0: mad. He was. It, 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 this isn't a very long story, which is part of the problem. Uh, <laughs> we had a friend. We, we had um, our previous DM uh, came over to the house and we were all playing. We and, were at uh, his house. No, it was here. Oh, was not Yep, it was all here. He brought all of his stuff here, oh, brought the whole right. stuff, everything down. And um, Celeste and I were, were taking part in helping out with a 48-hour fundraiser for a friend of ours. So when my shift was done for doing it, we came out and they everyone had been here for about an hour just hanging out and yeah, eating food chilling. and chilling. And Waiting so for you
2: to get done.
0: Got in and we started playing and we're about 15 minutes in to the game. And um, we walk into the space and there's a Medusa. And uh, I happen to have just picked up a nice, shiny buckler. Yeah.
2: You, um, you happen to find it just on Just happen to find
0: it. And um, <laughs> so we're the Medusa rolling. shows up and my DM's like, all right, roll initiative. This is what's happening. And I rolled for, I was like, first of all initiative. No, I was like second or third initiative.
2: Yeah. You were first because you had time to think.
0: And so I was like, you know, he's telling me like the Medusa's eyes are coming and she's about to stare straight at me. So I was like, I'm going to dab and hold up my buckler. And he's like, what? I was like, I'm going to dab and hold my buckler and make her look at herself. And he's like, you're going to have to roll for that. So I happened to roll a natural 20. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. And he, he stops. He goes, oh. He so starts so, folding up his books. Well,
2: no, he, he played it out. <laughs> He, he played it out that, you know, you dabbed and it just happened to catch her sight and shoot it back at her. And all of a sudden she turns to stone. Right. And then she, he started folding up his books.
0: <laughs> and I, we're like, what's going on? He's like, uh, well, the next two hours uh, have now been canceled because Dallas dabbed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I killed his boss fight. <laughs> so
2: moral of the story, uh, always loot the body and never underestimate a dab.
1: <laughs> and I, I'll I'll go beyond that moral of the story and say if you're going to DM for – if you're going to DM or GM any sort of tabletop role-playing game and if everything hinges on a boss fight and someone got creative and killed it in a creative way like that, you need to be able to uh, – to uh, improv on your feet a little bit and throw some <laughs> other things onto the field because there's a couple ways I probably would have handled that where it would have been like, and from the stone body of this comes the Mega Medusa.
2: <laughs> I, I think he was just so disgusted.
0: Rita Repulsa comes out and throws a dagger down to the ground.
2: Lord help us.
0: Make my master grow.
2: Like I just think that well, that's Queen Beryl. No, I think he was just so disgusted that you defeated his monster by dabbing. Like it wasn't. He could have just spun off and gone because he had done that before. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> he was just so really, really. Who's done.
0: Dead by dab. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, was what's getting to some because there there is a, a, a the heaviness about D and D that's yeah. out there. And that was caused by what's often called the Satanic Panic of the '80s. And so, uh, John, what exactly is the Satanic Panic of the '80s?
1: Okay, um, let's leave it to the old guy at the table to <laughs> tell us about the way back time, Grandpa. Um, well, I mean, we right.
2: could bring Steve out of the the pod.
1: <laughs> no, he's grounded. <laughs> Steve is not allowed to play with his friends until play with his friends until he finishes his homework. Okay. Um. <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding. I love you, Steve. Don't, don't be mad. <laughs>
3: Shh, it's just a
2: bit for the show, Steve.
1: <laughs> uh, in the meantime, Steve just popped up on my Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> let me out. Let me out. Right. Um, no, no. It's hard to say specifically what sparked the satanic panic. It wasn't exclusively to Dungeons and Dragons, but during the eighties, there was a lot of, ooh, the devils in this, and oh, this is probably satanic, mm. and so forth. And there was a there was a lot of there was a lot of stigma about a lot of things, um, and, which is kind of funny. You know, hair metal at the time, ooh, is satanic. There's a lot of satanic messages in those Motley Crue songs. Uh, and it wasn't helped that there, some of those some of those things that got caught that stigma decided to say, hey, you know what? There's no such thing as bad publicity, and they they just played it up and like, yeah, it is. Right. Um, but when it came to Dungeons and Dragons, and, and it's kind of funny because in the '80s, they they were like Dungeons and Dragons is evil. But what no one says is that it had been out for you know by 1980, it had already been out for about you know four years, mm-hmm. and no no one cared anything. Um, really what had stirred that pot was, uh, in 1979, uh, there was a, uh, 16 year old student in Michigan state named James Dallas Egbert, the third,
3: that's, a name.
1: That, that that's a mouthful, right. <laughs> um, who was, uh, who he was a, a stu- he was a gifted student at like Michigan State University mm-hmm. and an an avid dungeons and dragons player and he had a uh, uh he had disappeared um and a lot of people had said oh well uh he, the game had warped his thinking and drove him to behave erratically mm-hmm. um some people were insisting that but um you know months later months after his absence he had been found you know, he was still alive and everything. It's just, he had, he, the, he had problems to begin with, hmm. you know? Uh, and, but in the eighties he ended up committing suicide, hmm. you know, due to his own problem issues. But people kind of started, people kind of attached to the uh, and D to that. Um, and once that got put in the crosshairs, there were, there was a lot of, Uh, Not a lot, but there were some situations that just happened to be coincidental with people who played D&D, like uh, another another guy named Lee uh, Irving Lee Pulling the second, who was a high school student in Virginia, uh, killed himself in
3: 1982
1: and hit and his mom, his mother had blamed the game and she had formed a group called "Bothered About Dungeons and Dragons." You know, bad, b a d d, right? <laughs> and uh, it was the eighties. Everyone did that.
3: True.
1: Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know, just, just there, there, there was just certain situations where, and, and it was like that. You know, there was some other people who were fans of playing D anD D who had killed some people. And so the fallacy had gone around, ha, had started to go around that, you know, uh, Dungeons and Dragons makes you a murderer and makes you kill people. Mm. Um, and then, of course, there's the classic propaganda film, made for TV propaganda film that had come out that really uh, kind of pushed that view into the limelight called Mazes and Monsters. It's a thing, it had Tom Hanks in it. Everybody. Oh. Um, I missed that one. <laughs> um and it was all about this guy who played this role playing game called Mazes and Monsters oh my goodness and and these evil things started happening to him because he had been playing this game um very much a propaganda film mm-hmm. but you know i still kind of want to own it just because it's it would be hilarious <laughs> it's the same reason why a bunch of stoners want to own copies of reefer madness from the 1940s. Oof. But yeah, so that that's kind of it was just kind of circumstantial situations where you know you know ob- obviously these people played dungeons and dragons and these things happened to them, therefore dungeons and dragons is at fault.
0: Right. You and know, it's kind of the, I, the false uh, association mindset.
1: Right. But I mean, it's just like you could also probably say chances are they probably have played Monopoly, too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, who's to say Monopoly doesn't drive people to murder? Mm -hmm. I mean, Wall Street. I mean, let's the the fact the fact the fact is, is let's go to prison and ask every murderer who's on death row if they've ever played Monopoly in their life.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Real quick, just an aside for the viewers who are curious, uh, Mazes and Monsters is free on Pluto TV.
0: Oh, fascinating.
2: So that's fun. Sorry, continue.
1: <laughs> that, no, that, that's actually kind of hilarious. I might sit down and watch that tonight. <laughs> um, so it, it was an association and, and obviously a lot of that hype, a lot of the general hype about it has died down now. Mm-hmm. But um, the funny thing that is, though, if you ask most of the people within the church who will espouse the how evil Dungeons and Dragons is why they believe that most of them will say well it's just I I've heard that is it's bad mm-hmm. well why because everybody knows the stigma of Dungeons and Dragons but nobody knows why there's a stigma to Dungeons and Dragons if that if that makes sense Yeah, yeah. it's sort of like back in the 90s when everybody thought Marilyn Manson was the actor who played Paul in the Wonder Years
0: I missed that conversation.
3: (laughs) Oh,
1: for real? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a big thing back in the nineties, man. You yeah, you missed that rumor, huh?
3: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Again, I didn't I just I wasn't a Christian until till ninety-nine and wasn't really aware of a lot of the 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 stigmas that the church had until probably several years later. Mostly because I I wasn't I just didn't care. Like I I stayed away from a lot of, of drama and stuff like that. Unless it was I was personally impacted, like like the conversation about Pokemon where I was like All right, I need to really look into this. Is this terrible? Is this a demonic thing or not?
3: Yeah.
2: So, what, and just in case we have somebody listening that's never played a role-playing game, when we talk about, you know, casting spells, we talk about doing things, you're doing this all based off dice roll. You roll, well, it does good if you roll bad, then you you end up with rocks falling and you all die. <laughs> so it's not like we're sitting here over here chanting and encanting and mm-hmm. rolling dice. Sometimes you wish you could chant and encant to roll the dice.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's get into the conversation about why we feel like we can play D&D. Like, what is it about the three of us that we're like, hey, look, you know, there's some stuff here and there, but why is it we feel like we're okay with it? So Celeste, why, why do you feel like, like, what is it about D&D that you're like, you've been able to make the separation for you to be able to play D&D?
2: So for me, it's I enjoy fantasy worlds. Um, and I have I've always had the ability for the most part to go, this is pretend this is not. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I did have some issues when I was younger with fear mm-hmm. and with my imagination running away from me. So I'm very cautious about what mm-hmm. I take in, even on levels of things that I do. Um, like, We'll be watching a movie and if it starts making me feel inky, I go, hey, let's turn it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's a line for me of where I can and can't go. And we've had some people who aren't terribly happy with that line because I've had to bounce out of situations mm-hmm. because I'm going, I, I can't handle this. Right. Um, but I know myself. I know my personal line. And I also know that I have the strength to go. If this is starting to affect my spiritual walk, I'm going to stop.
0: Mm. So for if I'm understanding you correctly, it's the whole mindset of you feel like you can separate fact from fiction. Mm-hmm. But you understand that there's a boundary for you for certain things. Yeah, that yeah. You're just like, I'm just not going to cross this barrier. Yeah. But let me ask you this. What do you say to people when they're like, well, Celeste, we, you the know, Bible says we should abstain from all vain imagination type of stuff like that.
2: Okay. Do you subscribe to Netflix? Do, well, maybe netflix is a bad example do you do you watch tv do you watch stories do you read books i mean if we're going to abstain from vain imaginations mm-hmm. then we don't need to watch any of that and it we do need to abstain from vain imaginations because that's when we start getting into that thought cycle of of whatever it is we're in that's when I personally would get into the fear of that noise. Oh, that noise is this, that, that this is going to happen, that's going to happen. That, and I would have imagined out an entire scene
3: mm-hmm.
2: that sitting in my bed for two minutes
3: mm-hmm.
2: and freaking out, that I think is what it's talking about. But at the same time, we are created as creative individuals. You know, mm-hmm. We're created in the image of God. God created everything. So God is creative. Mm-hmm. Look at a platypus. <laughs> For real, guys. Um. So, I personally think that everybody has a vein of creativity in them, whether they recognize it or not. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, it's a way to express some of that creativity.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, cool, cool. So, how about you, John? What is it about DD that you you yourself have been like, you know what? I feel like this is okay for me. Well, um, it's <clears throat> like you said, I kind of bury myself
1: in the background of things um and that, that kind of stems from uh I, when I was going to youth group as a teenager although not taking Christianity too seriously one of the things that stuck with me was when someone was talking about the lady and I can't remember her name off the top of my head so forgive me for not having that prepared but uh <laughs> the lady who had originally sued the government to create the separation of church and state to mm-hmm. take uh Christianity out of schools right um she was interviewed by a magazine and they said, why does the church fear you? That was the question they asked, which I thought was kind of assumptive, but that's a different conversation to be had. (laughs) Um, and her response was because they don't know why they believe what they believe. Hmm. And I'm like, that's so true. And, And it's just like people fear what they don't understand. Um, and so it's just like what, and so I've, I've always made it a point in my life. It's just like, okay, if I'm going to believe something, I'm going to know, I need, I need to know why I believe it. And mm-hmm. it goes with everything, you know, uh, I believe if I'm, if I'm a Christian, I'm going to say, I don't believe that dungeons and dragons is a bad thing. I need to understand it. I need to understand why I believe that or why I don't believe that. And so looking into the background of it, you know, for me, it, it's just, all Dungeons and Dragons is is collaborative storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that humanity has done ever since the beginning of time, when we would sit around a fire after going out. Uh, for as uh, nomads hunting, and they'd sit around a fire and tell stories. You know, mm-hmm. going going back to the time of the Greeks and the Romans, and they would tell their stories. And it's just like it's just collaborative storytelling. I granted the DM to ha, gets to kind of determine how the narrative goes, but there have been so many times when, you know, I'll I'll be running a game and someone will do something as a player where I basically throw my entire where my entire next three sessions out the window because somebody does something I didn't see coming. It's just like, okay, well, you just rewrote the entire story from this point forward. Let's see how this goes. Right. Um, so it's just, it's just storytelling with math. It's basically, if you want to, if you want to break it down to if you want to break it down to the real brass tacks of what Dungeons and Dragons is, that's it. It's mm-hmm. storytelling with math. Right. Um, and I don't find anything to be evil about that. It culturally it extends across all borders.
3: Mm.
1: And, you know, there there's times where and, and you know, you listen to playing games with strangers, there's times where you can even assert uh, a moment of bringing some of the some truth into the in, some uh, gospel truth into the narrative. Steve, I, 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 I. There's been times where Steve will start to kind of tickle that area, and I'll poke a hole in the narrative to give him <laughs> a chance to be able to kind of stick it in there. I mean, we, we've had Awana and yeah. in, in playing games <laughs> with strangers. Not even joking. Awana, ha, Awana is a part of the Dungeons and Dragons universe. Um, and the thing about it is, you know, it, a good DM will have what's called a session zero where you establish... You know what? You know you kind of establish where people are willing to go, and mm-hmm. people are able to establish their boundaries. And if if there's something that's in Dungeons and Dragons that makes you feel uncomfortable, for instance, and I'm just pulling this out of the air. If you don't like the fact that there's a pantheon of a bunch of different gods in Dungeons and Dragons, cool. You don't have to play with them.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't like you don't like the fact that there's magic in there. I'll say, well, first thing I would say is, well, then don't read CS Lewis. Cause you're going to have a hard time with that. Right. But out, outside of that, I, you know, you don't want to play with spells. Fine. There you can have what's called a realistic campaign where the only, your only way of attacking is with, uh, is with, uh, actual physical weapons.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm. You're going
1: to have a bad time, but, but you know, there's people who do that. Um, <laughs> You know, and and it's just like the only thing in D&D that that you can't play without is your imagination. Right. So, you know, it's so a la carte that. You don't have to do anything. That 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 makes you feel a little bit iffy on, right? You know, me being a bad DM. I I never had a session zero with uh, (laughs) Celeste, so I I kind of tapped on her uncomfortable spot once. (laughs) Yeah, you (laughs) did.
2: But at the same time, and this is honestly why I'm still playing. You went, oh. That's a no-no. Okay, let's let's gear away from that. Let's, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to get close to that. Are you okay with that? And so it's the, there's a level of respect there that I appreciate.
0: Well, I think that's a matter of communication with people. I remember um, there was were some folks we knew that they, they were going to get involved with a and d campaign. And um, a friend of theirs' wife was running it. And she's not necessarily the um, – she's she's a lot more relaxed about certain things. And she was running a campaign, and there was some stuff in there was starting to get a little more risque than it probably should have in a mixed company. And um, she was really getting uncomfortable uh, with it, like the way that she was doing it. And so our friends, they were like, "Hey, look, we just can't. Like, you you you're crossing a border. You're coming up on the edge of, of stuff that we just can't do. And we're gonna need you to tone that back respectfully." And the person was fine with it. They toned it back. They didn't do that as much anymore. Um, but I think that's a matter of open conversation with just the people in you're involved with. And I think that's the biggest risk, actually, for people playing DD is that they, they play with people who they don't know.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, and it's, in my opinion, it's like anything else. You know what you can handle, you know your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And as long as you respect your own boundaries and don't let somebody else talk you into doing something that you've said hey i'm not gonna go there
0: mm-hmm.
2: then it's not an issue
0: yeah so for me and i feel like you guys would um i think you guys would agree with me i look at dnd the same way that paul looked at meat sacrifice on the altar mm. like john said uh, it's 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 cl- collaborative storytelling is there some stuff that's inappropriate in there sometimes sure but how are you as an individual how do you handle that yeah um, Paul was looking at meat sacrificed on an altar and people were like, Oh, we can't do that because the sacrifice to these demons and it's inappropriate for us to ingest it. And Paul's like, It's a piece of meat, guys. It's just a piece of meat. I'm going to partake in this piece of meat because it's good. And I, as a as a believer, as a as a mature believer, I can separate what's happening.
2: Paul said, Nom 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 nom.
0: <laughs> exactly. But what the flip side of it is this. He said, if you can't handle that, that's fine. Like, he's not attacking people. He's not going, oh, you you people are so immature. He's not attacking people yeah. about it. But he goes, look, I respect that. It's fine. He goes, I'll tell you what, don't come to my house. Ha- I'm not going to invite you to my house to have meat that was sacrificed on the altar. I'm not going to bring a doggy bag and go, hey, have some of my meat. Oh, it was sacrificed to Baal. I mean, he's not going to do that. He's not going to be a jerk about taking part in this thing that he has has no issue with. Yeah. And I feel like that maybe there's, there's the rub. There's been so many people who have attacked some people in the, in the geeky spheres, people who play role-playing games. And it's not just D and D, but it's all role-playing games because there's that whole conversation of like people get so wrapped up in the characters that they can't separate the character from reality. And we've seen that happen sometimes. Yeah, we have uh, with some people. It's not just a D and D thing. I've seen it. Act, it crosses borders. Mm. I, there are people who can't separate the fact they're all, they're out hunting uh, (laughs) with their regular life. Right. And so, um, that's another conversation for another day. But anyways, um, there are people who just can't separate and, but there are some people who can and the people as a whole have felt so attacked that I feel like maybe sometimes, and we've seen this sometimes also in Binnenki culture where we get a little angsty, with what we're into, mm-hmm. we get a little anxiety of like, oh well, you know, it was this, and then we kind of poke fun at people who maybe just feel uncomfortable. Yeah. As a when I was a youth pastor, I saw this ha- take place. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some students who um, they came from a much more conservative household, and um, their parents had ground rules, and these ground rules were established because these parents had been through some stuff that was really messed up. And they go, hey, I know for me and my house, the way we're going to guard stuff is we're going to have to set up these things because yeah. I just can't have this happening in my household. Yeah. And some people who maybe came from a more relaxed family, not that there was inappropriate anything happening inappropriate in their household, but there was more relaxed with some of the rules, their kids would make fun of the other kids and go, what you, what's your problem? It's just X, Y, Z. It's just blah, 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 blah. And that, I think, has caused a lot of issues for folks over mm-hmm. the years. I think that caused some angstiness for some folks. So I think the balance is for, for me is again, I'm not into fantasy necessarily. So d and not my thing necessarily. Now, if it's a little more modern stuff, I'm cool with that. I get, I get, I, cause I can see it. I can mm-hmm. visualize it more. I'm more involved with it.
2: You're much more into steampunk type
0: steampunk type stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to play a, an RPG later, um, called uh, ninja high school. I understand that world a little better. Yeah. Um, if I ever get to the point where I'm actually able to wrap my head around it, I'm going to actually, de- I'm going to, I'm going to DM that game. Um, but that being said, I'm not going to go, Hey, you should come do this and, and force somebody to do something. I was talking yeah. with one of our writers, uh, the other day. And, um, he has something, he's a project he's working on it for us. And, um, it was several, it was several layers to this project, but there are a couple of things that he just felt uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. He's like, I just don't want to do it this way, and I was like, Well, let me ask something. Um, First, uh, first off, I said, Here's the, my my ground rule. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will push you. I'll ask you. I'll, I'll I'll ask you to push yourself past your your uncomfortable zone just a little bit here and there. Yeah. Uh, to stretch you, but I will never ask you to compromise your morals and your convictions. Yeah. Um, that's inappropriate. Yes, and I feel like I've seen some people do that in the light of, like, um, example, I know that there, there's a growing community of individuals who um, I think some of it's in a, uh, because they're getting away from the mindsets of, you know, hey, all alcohol is evil, that they now push the idea of, oh, you know, it's okay to drink. And then they, they, they make fun of people like myself who go, I'm not drinking alcohol. Yeah. Get off me. You know, if you, you know, just not going to happen. And so, but there's a balance. And then you got some people who are just real chill. Like, okay, cool. You know, we'll respect our boundaries yeah. and we'll move on with our life. For me and my household, we're not going to. I know who I am. I, I'm an, I have an addictive personality. And if I have a drink in my hand, I'm going to chug it back. If Never I have alcohol, I'm going to become an alcoholic. It already runs in my family. I'm not opening the door. Yeah. So for me, I made that boundary. I'm not going to go off and become Harry Potter by playing... D and <laughs> I know my boundaries. I know what I can and can't do. And so for me, D D RPGs, these are the meat sacrifice on the altar. It's cool if you can't, but for me, um, I, I can. And yeah. if I want to, I will, and it will be fine. I'm not going to do anything stupid with it. Right. <laughs> so again, I think that's kind of the boundaries for some things that some people have to work out. Um, harken back to the the, the phrase, work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. Mm -hmm. And this is the second part with what I told our writer. What is the Lord saying? Yeah. What is God saying to you about the situation? Is the Lord saying, no, no, for reals, kill this right now. By God in heaven, you better do it. I don't care if, if everyone else in the room goes, no, this is fine. If the Lord tells you this is wrong, if the Lord tells you this is not appropriate for you and your household, for you as an individual, for your walk with God, you need to kill it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Because the Lord has told you no. However, Thor's like, eh, it's fine. Then it's up to you. Figure it out.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Attention, Dallas. You are wanted on level Q. It would
3: appear that Godzilla has broken the taco machine again.
0: Oh, man. Not the taco machine again. All right. I'm going to go get that fix so that John can have some tacos at the end of this.
3: Okay.
0: Um, you guys keep chatting. And uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Sounds good. Hey, can you make sure that the taco machine can, like, make queso? Because it, it, it hasn't been making queso right.
0: Um, Yellow or white queso?
2: Both.
0: All let right, see what I can do. Okay, thank you. Welcome to Victims and Villains. This is the channel where we talk nerd, we talk hope, and we speak nothing else. I'm your host, Captain Nostalgia, and I'm so
3: glad that you are here to join us Victims and Villains is a podcast and YouTube channel that marries pop culture and suicide prevention, producing content with the
2: intent to let people know that there is hope and that there is a better way and that each and every listener has value and worth.
0: Listen to Victims and Villains on your favorite podcast catcher or on YouTube by searching for Victims and Villains. Also, check out their website, Victimsandvillains.net.
2: Okay, so now that Dallas has gone off to... Uh, handle the taco machine. John, because
1: you had that fixed. I want tacos so bad. And
2: they're so good. They need to be fixed. That machine goes on the fritz far too often. Our um it went it went bad when it was over at Retro we Rewind podcasts a while ago. Uh and we were stuck in the Superman district. We went through all of the Superman district with no tacos. It was so sad.
1: That's not a life I want to live, Celeste. No, no. I would shoot myself out the airlock.
2: Hopefully in one of the away pods so that, you know, there's something. I just feel bad that we haven't supplied you and Steve with tacos.
1: Well, you know, we, re- we return to the mothership for a reason.
2: Indeed. Okay, so you had alluded earlier to there being some mental health benefits to playing D&D. And honestly, this is not something I've necessarily heard of. Um, so I'm highly intrigued so, would you mind kind of expounding upon that?
1: I can, and um, if you check the show notes, I'm going to give a link to a BBC article Ooh. about it to you guys to post in the show notes, we so like everybody the BBC. else can read. Every- well, I, if I if I'm gonna if I'm going to use anything as a reference, I want to make sure that it's something that's accredited for being truthful. True. So, because I don't want to give somebody a website that just espouses something that aligns with my agenda and that's it.
3: Well, we're
2: also not going to post Babylon B articles unless we go, <laughs> hey, this is funny.
1: I, I love everything they have to say about Joel Osteen. Just saying. Ah, But all kidding aside, uh, yeah, D&D, I, I started to notice uh, because for people who know me off mic, I, I have – some anxiety problems and that some stems, stems from a num- number of things that we don't necessarily have to get into here. Um, right. Uh, I have since started taking medication for those problems and which is the reason why I've been the buoyant cup of sunshine that everybody knows. Um, actually, I, I started, I started getting treatment in the uh, in the middle of the first arc of, uh, of uh, playing games with strangers. Nice. So, you can actually hear it in my DMing where I go from being very timid and uncertain of myself, and all of a sudden, the story just goes, "Boom, okay, we're taking off now." right. So uh, that's about the time I started taking drugs. Um, so
2: <laughs> prescription drugs,
1: <laughs> yes, I, obviously, I. <laughs> I, I pass on grass, so just just say no. Nancy Reagan,
2: I, I um, knew that Cheech and Chong voice sounded a little too accurate.
1: <laughs> he says his name's Ralph. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so back. I, I noticed when I was playing in Eric's campaigns that I would feel a lot better when i was getting a steady dose of dungeons and dragons um i'm like wow this is super interesting um it allows me to take myself out of myself and i can be somebody else for a while and that somebody else isn't uh isn't afraid of terrible things happening all the time like mm-hmm. gosh you know i wonder if there's if if it's just me or if there's something something to it and so i kind of went online and is like is there something else other? and i noticed that uh, a lot of school there's a lot of school counselors who who will utilize Dungeons and Dragons as uh, as a uh, therapy method. And I started reading articles about that and uh, how there are some people who are like, this is just stupid. They're just playing games and then blah, 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 blah. But then you start reading about... The science behind it and there's uh actual phds who are looking into the reasons why this appears to have therapeutic uses so i'm like okay well people are saying it's dumb haven't really done their research or aren't experts who know anything about anything so let's block them out
2: right Uh, but
1: go ahead no because we just
2: don't want to listen to people who aren't going to do research
1: right um but uh, there, the, in the article that I'm, that I'm giving you guys, there's, there, it gives a lot of account situations. Like the, there's a, uh, a, a young, uh, kid who has uh, some social issues in, in real life, super timid, super timid, very quiet, hardly speaks above a whisper and all that sort of stuff. In game, his character is a loud, obnoxious, bumbling uh, orc barbarian. Hmm. um, and just stumbles and, and, you know, and, and so when it, it allows people to get into the mindset of being other people, um, and the, and the fact of the matter is, and, and you can, this is something that I, th- I think is fairly common knowledge that, th- uh, therapy and anybody who's been in therapy will tell you that they use role play,
3: mm-hmm.
1: not, not role playing games, but they use role play within therapy all the time. You know, they, they constantly ask you to, Think outside of yourself and well, what would you do? How would you act uh, if such and such a thing happened? Explain to me. And so, it it, they're acting you to role play, Uh, pretend this situation is happening. How would you respond to this, right? You know, and and so it, it basically takes that role play concept to the next level and say, okay you are this person, uh, you have this personality. So you're basically changing them to think, okay, think along these lines with this type of a personality and you're being put in this situation. So it's forcing individuals to, to not only think about how to respond to people Mm -hmm. and practice and practice that and practice the social, whatever that they need, that they need the therapy in, but it also forces them to uh, have understanding about things like actions, having consequences, right. Or, um, how other people's actions are going to end up affecting you and, and things, things to that. And basically just the whole social interaction aspect. Um, and of course that will end up translating over into your, Your personal life—it's a—it's a a process that uh, that uh, psychologists or or, uh, mental health workers will call bleed, Mm. because it forces you to think in those lines, and and by practicing these these social techniques that you're that. You know, because that's basically what D&D is, is you're you're basically practicing for whatever social situation that is in there. Um, It it allows people to feel more equipped to deal with those situations when they happen in real life. And that's what that was was what was happening with me with my anxiety problems is I was being put in these. um, I was being, you know, I was on a weekly basis being put into these uh, catastrophic situations. Cause I mean, really that's what Dungeons and Dragons stories are is Indeed. you're being, you're you're always being put into catastrophic situations and you need to work your way through it.
2: Except for the, the reasons you go shopping.
1: Huh, the shopping episodes. Uh, <laughs> those are the worst for podcasting. <laughs> but you know, and, and and basically I was practicing for that, for them. And so that's the reason why I felt so much better is because I felt on a subconscious level, I felt more prepared for it because I had practiced through it and I had developed these social tools to be able to deal with problem situation as, as they arise. And I didn't feel so helpless all the time. Now, is it a permanent solution for every single, um, psychological situation or is it a, is it a, pan, a panacea of some type? No, I, I wouldn't suggest that. Um, you know, it may, it helps me, it helps me out uh, with my anxiety, but I still take, ended up needing to take meds for it. Right. So I, I by no means am I saying, oh, d d is the be all end all or anything to that effect, but you know, it helps. And uh, it, you know, if I, if I hadn't started playing D and I don't think I really would have been able to get myself to a point where I would have been able to even ask my doctor for help, uh, to get the help that I needed to. So, you know, I, I'm an advocate for D and D and, but in the same, in this, in the same, in the same aspect though, to, to kind of bring it back to Dallas's point though, mm-hmm. um, on, 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 from the Christian perspective, if you if there if there's somebody out there who's listening to this and they're like, OK, well, you've explained why you think D&D is OK, but I still feel sketch about the idea of playing, Yeah. you know, you know, I, I don't know why I I can understand your point or you've you've clearly illustrated your point. But, you know, that when I think about playing d and I just I get the I, I, I feel the yuck in my stomach is, you know, how, kind of how I think about it. Mm-hmm then don't play it. Yeah. That is, that's totally fine. I don't, I, you know, it's, it's like horror films. I love horror films. They're not for everybody. Uh, You know, Celeste has outright said, I don't do horror films. That's cool. Don't watch them. I, you know, Paul also talked, you know, to bring it back to the meat that, uh, and I was looking for the scripture on the fly because it, it just kind of came to me, but I didn't end up finding it. But, you know, uh, Dallas was talking about the first Corinthians reference about yeah. eating meat sacrificed on on altars. There's another section where Paul talks about, you know, there's people who eat meat and there's people who don't eat meat. And that both, you know, they got the one eats because of his eats out of a heart of thanksgiving. Uh, f- because God provided that food for him, whereas the other one does not eat based off of his convictions, and both are, and both are correct by their faith. One right. eats out of thankfulness and and does well. But if you have convictions and you still eat, then you are guilty of sin because you didn't listen to your conviction
3: nope.
1: to honor God with your conviction. And if you if you don't have that conviction but you choose not to eat, then you are uh, also sinning because you're not, you know, you're forsaking that spirit of thankfulness that God has given you to, you know, so it, it, it's it's one of those things really follow your convictions.
2: Yeah, it really uh, is uh, all about balance, you know, in everything, because in geek culture, we do have a lot of people that a have mental health issues, but that also have a I'm going to deep dive into this because this is where. I find my comfort. This is where Mm -hmm. I have my friends. This is because that's D and D is highly sociable. Which, Mm -hmm. as someone who also struggles with with social anxiety, um, that being the reason that I didn't start out with you guys, uh, it's it provides a way, a safe space to to kind of outlet the things that you would want to say. Aileen is much more bold than I am. (laughs) Much bolder. But it's a safe space.
1: Or the Russian cat.
2: The Russian cat was also much more bold than even Aileen is.
1: (laughs) My favorite character you've done to (laughs) date. So Um, that
2: also is uh, Enthusiast's favorite character. He's one of our followers. So, But I think we've had a great conversation. I think we're doing good. When you're talking about how therapists will use it for therapy to help people kind of get outside of themselves and think about a situation made me think about just to do a shameless plug. um, We had a episode a couple weeks back on WandaVision where Dallas talking about how to help friends who are lost in fear and kind of the basis of that was so you get in there and you break the cycle, you pull them out for just a second, and it helps them to see what's actually happening. You know, you can have somebody who has anxiety and is having a panic attack. And in the panic attack, all they're hearing is, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. may not be those words exactly, but that's the gist of it. And if you can go, hey, why? And make them stop and think about it. A lot of times you can help kind of pull them out of that. Um, Mm -hmm. Even if it's not necessarily as extreme as a panic attack. Someone who's in the middle of a tough situation. Stopping and stopping their thought processes to make them go, okay, cool. There's still other world around here helps. So, but we've had a great conversation, I think. Um,
1: I just remembered what I had forgotten to say.
2: What was your thing you forgot to say?
1: The other thing I was going to say was, um, The D&D community, you know, Mm -hmm. not specifically the D&D Christian community, but the D&D community as a whole. Um, And I'm sure Celeste probably has experienced this, too, outside of playing games with strangers. But they're a super welcoming community. They're very inclusive as far as they want everybody to feel welcome there as well. And it is, um, from my perspective, for people who are looking for outreach opportunity, just throwing it out there to you, churchgoer, um, it's a very ready world for uh, outreach opportunities um you know i i have because there's a lot of uh what i call geek shops yeah but uh comic book shops that sell DD merchandise that have playing tables where they'll have where, where they'll host like uh magic the gathering tournaments, tournaments and stuff like that they also have uh dnd nights where you can go and take a dnd game and set it up And you can have open tables where you can let people come in. And that's an opportunity to have, relate, have, uh, develop relationships with people that you wouldn't otherwise encounter. Right. And, and, uh, share the love of Christ with them. And that's, that's something that I have plans for once, once my area opens up from this COVID nonsense. Um, that, that's the, that's something, that's something I have plans for to start doing myself. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways that you can use D&D as a tool, not only as therapy, but for outreach as well, exactly. just putting that out there.
2: We have a friend who does something similar with Magic the Gathering. He's very involved in our local magic community, but he he doesn't preach, but everyone knows where he stands. So it's one of those things of he just lets it be known, hey, I'm not okay with that, and lets it slide. But then he's also showing the love of God as he's playing magic the gathering. So it's a you can you can witness even if you're not audibly going Jesus loves you and if you don't accept him you're going to go to hell. Like there's there's ways to do this. To, no, I don't
1: I don't I've never seen telling someone they're going to hell as being a witness as witnessing anyway. That's just
2: I mean, if anybody No one,
1: no one needs to be told that.
2: No. Most people already kind of have an assumption. So um, if anybody who's not listened to any of our other stuff, that's kind of how we came into Geek Devotions is we were in a line and people were shouting at everybody in the line, telling them they were going to go to hell. And they were like, why aren't you all shouting at us? And we're like, because it doesn't help.
1: It we doesn't just, prove anything.
2: We just want to go see Ben Dunn. like."
1: <laughs> the uh the bible says that it's the goodness of god that draws men to repentance. Yeah,
2: exactly. So, well, John, thank you for coming onto the show. Thank you for coming and talking. We will more than likely seeing as how you are intertwining yourself strategically in the midst of geek devotion. This probably will not be the last time you hear John singularly. At the very least, you're going to hear him again on the primitive rhythm machine awaiting. Um Also, you can, John, where are some other places that they
1: can find you? Oh, the question is, where can't they find me? Um... You can find me on supersonic pod comics. I play Nick Foster in the randoms. You can find me on playing games with strangers. I am the DM and the keeper. You can find me in primitive rhythm machine. I co-host that with Steve and I have another podcast. That I don't add I, that I don't advertise on this medium because it is a secular podcast in that interviews secular bands. And sometimes those interviews can go a bit blue Gotcha. So I, that's not one I put forward on Christian podcasts because I don't want to violate anybody's uh, conscience with the things other people say.
2: So if you would are interested in that podcast, contact John directly.
1: And I will tell you to listen to my other podcasts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, okay. Well, thank you so much, John. Glicks, why don't you uh, take us out? real quick let's go check on dallas and see how that taco machine is coming thank you so much for taking the time to listen to calm talk today if you have loved this episode head on over to apple Podcasts to subscribe rate and leave a review it is very much appreciated now john i'm gonna say stay devoted i need you to say peace and love okay ready All right. until next time stay devoted
1: love and peace just to
2: be different